the KDLM Sports Wrap. How do you fix the Twins? Do you hit, do you hit the panic button at this point? Weekdays at 9.30 and on demand at KDLMRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you were as tight as I am! Yeah! Thirteen forty KDLM the station you can count on. This is the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Wednesday morning. My name is Zeke. Lots to get to today, including on a Wolves Wednesday. Wolves back in action today for the first time since Sunday, I believe. A lot of time to rest up. Wolves basketball returns tonight. We're going to talk to Cal Soderquist of the Timberwolves Radio Network about what to watch for these last handful of games and now back-to-back Rookie of the Month awards for Anthony Edwards. We'll recap some high school sports from last night, including a two-game sweep by the Laker baseball team at the hands of the Staples Motley Cardinals. Uh, Lakers now 8-2, and two, undefeated in conference play. They have clinched at least a share of the Mid-State Conference title. We'll talk about some more exciting news for former Laker Kate Smith, who is uh, part of a pretty uh, exclusive team June 11th, 12th, and 13th in Chicago. And another day, another extra innings, Twins loss. Let's start with some Laker baseball this Rewind morning. Rewind time. Rewind. Like I mentioned before, Laker baseball team stays undefeated in mid-state conference play with a doubleheader sweep over the Staples Motley Cardinals, 8-5 and 11-5 at a gorgeous night at Washington Ballpark last night. Cardinals were 3-0 but they've lost five straight games. Lakers extend their winning streak to six games. They improve to eight and two overall. Up next for the Lakers, they head to Little Falls tomorrow to take on the Little Falls Flyers. They have a record of two and five. And also take on the Fergus Falls Otters, who have a bit of a had a bit of a rough night last night. They fall to one and five. We'll get to some. Let's look at some other other high school sports from the uh, the area uh, and the conference. Aiken uh, beat Crosby Ironton last night ten to nothing in five innings. Ricori and Wilmer, two of my favorite schools. Uh, Wilmer beats Ricori 9-1 to in Game 1, and then uh, Wilmer beats Ricori in Game 2, 6-1 to in Cold Spring last night. Sartell St. Stephen uh, had two games against St. Cloud Apollo, didn't allow a run in either game. Game 1's final score is 5 to nothing. Game 2 was 10 to nothing. Sartell St. Stephen. Bemidji over Alexandria, 5-2 in boys baseball last night in Game 1. Game 2, uh, even uglier, 10-0 Bemidji over Alexandria. I mentioned before, Fergus Falls had a rough night last night. Uh, they lose two games to St. Cloud Tech. Game 1 was 12-6. Uh, game 2 was 10-6. Dilworth, Lynn, and Felton take, took on uh, Breckenridge last night. Game 1, final score, Breckenridge 12, DGF 1. And then DGF split the series in Game 2, taking that one 10-7. 
Norman County East doing hit it all. Beats Ada Borup West 13-4 in baseball last night. Sabika over Bertha Hewitt Verndale 14-6. Monaga over Parker's Prairie 6-2. East Grand Forks, that's where the Laker baseball team heads next Tuesday. They beat Barnesville 4-3. It was Pillager over Ottertail Central 10-5. And Ashby beats Brandon Evansville 14-4 in high school baseball action last night. And the 1-0 pitch, a swing and a drive, left center field and deep. Back it goes, deep it goes, and got a home run! To the bullpen in left center field, Byron Buxton, one swing. Twins are on top, 2-1. to one. Yeah, Byron Buxton taking his former teammate deep last night, Kyle Gibson. But <laughs> things would go downhill from there as the Rangers come back, force extra innings, and the Twins do what they do in extra innings this this season, they don't win the game. Final score last night in extras, 6-3. to three. Kyle Gibson, tremendous in his return to Minnesota, entering the game 3-0 with a 2.16 ERA. Uh, spent the first seven seasons in, of his career with Minnesota out of Mizzou before signing with Texas before last season. Uh, eight innings for Gibby last night, three runs, three hits. Jay Happ for the Twins, pitching really well last night also. A, a solid five and a third inning, allowed one run before the Twins turned to their bullpen. In the ninth inning, Taylor Rogers unraveling. Cole Calhoun chipped into the Twins' lead with a solo home run to lead off the ninth. And with two men on, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa hit a sack fly to send the game to extra innings tied at three. The Twins send out Brandon Waddle last night for the 10th inning and the top of the 10th well 2021 twins extra inning baseball here's the 0-1 a swing and a fly ball into left field deep cave going back he's on the track cave at the wall he jumps up and that ball's gone a home run and garcia does it again a 10th inning towering two-run homer and the rangers take a 5-3 lead rangers would add one more on a culbertson rbi double and uh, the Twins lose last night six to three. On on kind of on the under the microscope today again is Rocco Baldelli and the way that he's managed this Twins bullpen. In his presser yesterday, he defended his use of uh, of using Waddle in the tenth. Wad's here for a reason, and he's left-handed. He's got some pretty good stuff to face some left-handers for the most part. Can go out. We think he's here because we think he can go out and pitch. Uh, you know, we're not going to you know shy away from using guys in specific situations and we're going to line them up when they give us the best chance to, to get outs. And, you know, we're not, we're, we're not just going to send someone out there because they've, they've been around a little longer. They're a little more experienced. We're going to, we're going to pitch the guys that we think have the best chance, the best chance of getting us outs. And uh, we're going to challenge our guys to do that. That's exactly what he's, he's here for. So we, we use them. The left-handed matchup is something that, that makes a lot of sense to me still as I, as I sit here. And yeah, coming into the game, uh, Waddle, uh, giving up he, Lefty's hitting 400 off Waddle coming into the game last night. Only four for 10. Very small sample size. Uh, Twins now 11 and 17. Going to host the third game of the series against the Rangers tonight. Pre-game show on KDLM 6 o'clock. First pitch, game three of the series at 6.40. To the NBA and Anthony Edwards, an, another young budding star in the state of Minnesota. Think about how lucky we are right now. With the Wild, you've got... Kirill Kaprizov, who's likely going to be the, the NHL Rookie of the Year, the winner of the Calder Cup this season. you got Justin Jefferson, who many thought should have won the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. He came in second to Justin Herbert. We're not going to get into that today. 
You got Byron Buxton, who's blossoming into this superstar level player with the Twins. And then with the Wolves, you've got Anthony Edwards, who just won his second consecutive NBA Rookie of the Month award. Ant played 16 games in April, averaged 34 minutes a game, averaged 21 points, five rebounds, three assists, on and, and 43% shooting from the field, 34%. From three point range, uh, according to to this this Wolves release, we haven't seen anybody putting up these numbers in their rookie season since Christian Leitner in ninety three. The Leitner's month of March of ninety three looked like this: three hundred forty seven points, one hundred ninety three rebounds, seventy assists. Edwards three hundred forty five points, eighty two rebounds, fifty three assists. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to watch Edwards. Some some more facts about Ant. Uh, he made forty four three pointers in the month of April. That's the most ever by an NBA rookie in a single month. No other rookie, granted, uh, the ball kid with uh, with Charlotte was out the entire month of April. No other rookie in the NBA averaged twenty points a game in April. He became the eighth Timberwolves rookie to ever reach 1,000 points in a single season. He's currently at 1,205. And and he set the franchise record, not just for rookies, but for everybody. Set the franchise record for three-pointers in a season in the month of April. Wes Johnson uh, hit 103 in 2010 and 2011. Wolves back in action tonight after a pretty long layover. The last played on Saturday night. And that overtime loss to the Pelicans, taking on the Memphis Grizzlies, who are still uh, trying to to lock up a playoff spot. Right now, they're the nine seed. And in case you missed this, the NBA is doing some kind of weird play-in tournament thing where the where the nine and the ten seeds in both the East and the West uh, get in on the playoffs in like a one-game playoff scenario, something. And then it, it, we'll, we'll talk to Cal Soderquist in a couple minutes to, to kind of get his take on it because he has a much better grasp on it than I do. It sounds super confusing, but I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Bonus number three, some big news uh, for, for Lakers fans. So, so, so I ran into Chris Smith at, uh, at Lakeview Golf Course as I was getting my membership set up uh, late last week. And he pulled me aside and he says, you know, thanks for the, all the coverage that you guys are giving, Kate, with, uh, with the Augusta National Women's Open and uh, the Big Ten Championship. And he, he pulls me over and says, you know what, Kate has, is going to have a really, really big announcement on Tuesday. I can't tell you what it is, but you're going to want to keep your eyes peeled. And so talking to, to colleagues, we've been, we've, been, we've been trying to speculate all week what this big announcement from Kate Smith is going to be. Because uh, she told us last week on the radio show here uh, that she is, is, is going to go pro. She's going to Q School in the fall when, when a, a bunch of the amateur events uh, in the NCAA tournament and all that stuff is over. But I don't think any of us saw... This coming, another enormous invite for the five-time Minnesota State Golf Champion when she was with the Lakers. Kate Smith has been added to the prestigious Arnold Palmer Cup to represent the United States June 11th, 12th, and 13th at Rich Harvest Farms outside of Chicago. 
Here's what the Palmer Cup is, if you don't know. It was co-founded by the legendary Arnold Palmer and the Golf Coaches Association of America. And here is what they do. My favorite style of golf is the Ryder Cup. I absolutely love the Ryder Cup and am doing everything within my power to make sure I've got either a ticket or a media pass when it's at Whistling Straits in Sheboygan coming up this fall. The Palmer Cup is basically the college version of the Ryder Cup. The top 12 U.S. men's and women's collegiate golfers, which Kate is part of that top 12, against the top collegiate men's and women's international golfers in a format that, that's very similar to the Ryder Cup. It's the only major tournament that features men and women playing side-by-side as partners in a mixed four-ball format. Twelve groups, two-person teams. And an, another major accomplishment for Kate Smith. It, it, it's been a fun couple weeks. She golfed Augusta in the uh, the Augusta National Women's Am. Ha- had the lead until play was suspended due to weather, and then missed the missed the final cut on like a, a four or five lady playoff hole. She won the Big Ten championship medal two weekends ago in Ohio. Her Nebraska Cornhuskers finished second in the Big Ten tournament. And now representing her country as one of the top 12 collegiate golfers in the nation. I'm sure we'll have some kind of coverage of this event coming up June 11th, 12th, and 13th. The Arnold Palmer Cup and our very own Kate Smith going to golf in the event. Second half of the wrap, we're going to talk to, to Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network. Get an update on the Wolves. They haven't played since Saturday. We'll ask about Anthony Edwards. We'll ask about uh, about uh, the, 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 the winning streak getting snapped on Saturday against the Pelicans. And we'll preview tonight's game against the Memphis Grizzlies, who are still very much in the thick of the playoff picture. We'll talk to Cal Soderquist next on the wrap. I'm Kyle Montgomery with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. In his first remarks since the Niners drafted his potential replacement, Jimmy Garoppolo says he's excited to compete with rookie Trey Lance, but don't expect any bad blood between the two QBs. Jimmy G says when he was a rookie in New England, Tom Brady showed him the ropes, and he's going to return the favor, saying, quote, I'm going to use those tools that helped me to try and help Trey out. Elsewhere, Broncos right tackle Jawan James tore his Achilles while working out. He's expected to miss extended time, but doctors are hopeful he can play this season. Jets D-tackle Quinnen Williams also injured during the workout. He broke a bone in his foot, and he'll be out 8 to 10 weeks. Former Chargers corner Casey Hayward is staying in the AFC West meantime, signing with the Raiders on Tuesday. And ex-Chiefs left tackle Eric Fisher has a free agent visit set with the Colts. He's recovering from a torn Achilles, suffering in January's AFC title game. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. It's time once again for a Twins Minute. I'm Chris Atterbury. I first met Kyle Gibson when he and his wife Elizabeth came up for a winter caravan when he was the minor league pitcher of the year. We drove around and visited places like the radio station in Hutchinson. Seven years in the big leagues. Now he's a Texas Ranger. He came back and pitched awfully well with eight innings in his old hometown. Oh, man, it, uh, that was so much fun. Um, you know, just being back, uh, back where a lot of this started for me, you know, uh, 10 years ago. So, um, a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it was just uh, one of those games that, 
you know, uh, you get excited for it and, and try to get through some nerves in the first inning and then go have some fun after that. And he really only made two mistakes, a home run to Byron Bucks and a home run to Williams. Ostadio had stretches of nine in a row retired and 12 in a row retired. Eight strikeouts nearly became the fourth former twin to strike out double-figure twins against his old club. Nearly became the first former twin to have a complete game against his old club since Sidney Ponson. Good person, good pitcher tonight, Kyle Gibson. This is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. The KDLM Sports Wrap. We're talking to the new head coach of the Laker football team, Reed Hefta, this morning. This is a cool opportunity for 100-plus young men to become young leaders, and that's something where I've learned from Josh. Being involved, practicing that servant leadership aspect where you're going out, you're not just saying you're doing things, but you're proving you're doing things. You're actually being there for people who need your help, who have done things for you. And that's one of those big things that we kind of oftentimes forget about sports is that you know, we're influences on the youth in your community. You know, being present, being seen, doing the right things. That's always a great opportunity. Weekdays at 930 and on demand at KDLMRadio.com. Thirteen forty, KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Wednesday morning, a Wolves Wednesday. Wolves back in action tonight, taking on the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that they've kind of gone back and forth with this season. Wolves have been eliminated from playoff contention, but the Grizzlies still very much in the thick of things. We're joined on the phone this morning by Cal Soderquist of the Timberwolves Radio Network. Good morning, Cal. How are you? Good morning, Zeke. I'm great. How's everyone doing there? Doing doing fantastic, uh, especially with the Wolves back in action. It feels like it's been months since the Timberwolves played. They they haven't played since their overtime loss to the Pelicans on Sunday night. Get a nice four-day break to to get healthy and figure some things out. And here we go, uh, Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of wild. Chris Finch was asked about it yesterday. You know, they, they played Saturday and it even took Sunday off and you still have two days to practice. And, mm-hmm. You know, with this condensed schedule, that's that's been rare. Um, and so someone jokes, you know, what's the question? Did you even know what to do with yourself in the team? And he kind of laughed and, and said how they, you know, they taken advantage of it and got to do some more stretching, a little more, you know, maybe strenuous or, or uh, intense uh, activities on Monday than they normally would in, in a season. But they kind of did some more individual work yes, yesterday. Everyone seems uh, pretty excited, pretty ready to go uh, for tonight. It's been a fun week for the Wolves. Last Thursday, uh, going back to when they were on that three-game winning streak, they beat Houston 114-107 a week ago yesterday. And then the highly anticipated game, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins at the Target Center. A a very nice tribute video for Andrew Wiggins put together by the Wolves. And the Wolves come away with a win despite uh, a a pretty epic third quarter from Steph Curry who tried to keep his team in it. He really did. And I thought, you know, even when you look at uh, Steph's stat line from that game, I think it was some sort of uh, 36, 38 points and, you know, nine nine assists, seven rebounds. He certainly, he, he filled it up, but I thought Minnesota made it made him work for it, especially in that first half. He really struggled. He did not shoot it well, um, especially in, you know, when we've come to expect uh, out of his standards. I think he was like two of ten in the first half. Did kind of catch fire in the fourth. And, and kind of what we've seen a lot during this recent stretch from the Wolves when you know, of course, they've, they've strung together some wins. Um, you know, Steph and the, and the Warriors took a lead into the fourth quarter, uh, and Minnesota really kind of had to just swim in that, that extra extra push uh, in that fourth to be able to get over the top. So it's been fun to see in those wins where, 
you know, of course we'd love a blowout win that's decided halfway through the third quarter, but mm-hmm. um, more often than not, they've kind of had to, uh, you know, really withstand some punches, withstand some, some rallies from their opponents, and then kind of uh, execute down the stretch, which, which has to be good for, you know, a young team trying to build confidence and build experience through the rest of the season. Yeah, fun win. That was the fourth win in a row. And uh, on Saturday against the Pelicans, the, the Wolves in prime position to win their fifth in a row. They took a 10-point lead on the Pels uh, in the fourth quarter, but uh, Zion Williamson taking over the rest of that game and overtime. I think Zion had seven points in the in the final frame as the Pelicans snapped the Timberwolves' winning streak, 141-36 in overtime. Take us through that loss to the Pelicans. Yeah, you mentioned it, but Zion really just kind of imposed his will and almost quite literally imposed his physicality as well. Um, he got what he wanted, but really all he wanted was to to, to get the ball iso and, and dribble, take his opponent one-on-one and kind of use that explosiveness, that quickness to, to get into the, into the lane and get to the rim and more often than not get fouled. Um, he was able to foul out Cat very early. Uh, in, in that overtime, same I think for Nas Reed, um, you know, when those guys were just trying to slow him down and defend him. So it was impressive to watch because he is a guy who, you know, it's crazy to think that he came into the league last year, obviously had his rookie season cut short. Um, just last week, he finally played his 82nd game as a pro. So that essentially equates to, you know, a, a, a rookie season, a, a year worn in the NBA. And to see how far he's come and how he's how much he's kind of had to deal with in, in this last year and a half, um, but yeah, he took over seven of the seventeen in overtime, and you know Minnesota, I think a really certainly got hurt uh, with with some of the guys fouling out. They lost uh, Jake McDaniel's toward the end of regulation, and he's obviously been able uh, to, to be a huge sort of chess piece defensively. Um, and then I just thought the Wolves also kind of ran out of gas, which is weird to say when. They had been off since Thursday, but I just think, uh, you know, we kind of – I've mentioned how they've, they've often in these wins had to summon sort of a fifth gear or, a, you know, a last push um, against these opponents late in games. And I think New Orleans just did a better job of that, of sort of closing the game out. Minnesota kind of got cold offensively uh, down, the, down the stretch of regulation. And uh, Chris Finch and some of the players said that the ball movement kind of evaporated, and that's what sort of – cause the offense to sputter out. Um, and, and then when you get to overtime and, you know, it's, I think momentum is a real thing in the NBA. Sometimes when one team can kind of battle back to erase a deficit and force overtime, and then they just pick up right where they left off in those extra five minutes. And that's what we saw from the Pelicans where, you know, Zion, I think he had an and one that fouled out Nasri. Uh, he hit the free throw to go up six with about two and a half to play, and Minnesota never again got within a single possession. You mentioned Nas Reed, a a guy who's taken enormous steps forward this season. Uh, Talk about the impact that Nas has, a a guy who, was he a second-round pick or was he undrafted out of LSU? I don't remember, but a guy who... Who, who made the roster on the, on the far side of the bench and now having major, getting major minutes for this Wolves team in crunch time. Yeah, I think, I think he was an undrafted guy originally um, and obviously spent his, started his year last year down in Iowa and did some good things there with the Iowa Wolves, the G League team. Uh, but then as, as Carl Anthony Towns had some injuries and just the team in general, we saw him really kind of blossom and, and embrace some of those minutes that he was getting. Um, and, and you love a story when a guy kind of seizes that opportunity and, and 
sort of forces a team's hand in saying, hey, I, I want to be up at the big club and, and I, I want to earn my way into the rotation regardless of the injury situation. And we've seen that from Nas this year with a special EDLS captains a bunch of time. Earlier this season, we saw Nas really step into some of those minutes and um, doesn't obviously do everything that Cap can do, but, but still certainly can uh, fill that role of a big man who can shoot the three a little bit and keep the defense honest. And even with Cap now back healthy for this these last basically month or so, mm-hmm. um, you know, Nas, Nas has had a role. And, you know, sometimes they've kind of tinkered with lineups and had both those guys out there at the same time. Other times it's just a great opportunity for Nas to, to come in and spell Cap or even you know, the cat battles foul trouble on a given night. Um, but I think some of it is, you know, I'm sure Chris Finch and the staff would love to see Nas even more. Some of it is maybe opponent-driven on, you know, how much they feel like they can get away with playing two big seven-footers against, against certain lineups at the same time. But regardless, he's proven to be a super valuable guy. You know, I think we, we maybe even take Nas for granted in terms of, you know, he would be a, an important role player on, on really good playoff teams when you look at some of these other teams that, I mean, he'd get minutes on, on the Brooklyn Nets, you know, just in terms of his versatility and, mm-hmm. and what he can do on both sides of the floor. And I think there's, there's still so much room for growth for such a young kid who, you know, came into the league and, and has really just worked his tail off to kind of earn that opportunity. You, lo- you just love those stories. And too often the Wolves have, not had enough of those stories of kind of, you know, guys that they find either late in the draft or other than the draft. So it's, it's been super easy to root for Nas. Take a look at the, at the playoff standings right now. Another playoff-bound opponent for the Wolves tonight with the Memphis Grizzlies. They're, they're the ninth seed, and in case uh, listeners miss this, there are an extra four teams going to make the playoffs this year, two in the East, two in the West. The nine and ten seeds have been added to the playoff mix. Right now the Memphis Grizzlies at 32 and 32 are the nine seed. What can we expect from Memphis tonight with, uh, with their season still uh, very much in question? Yeah, there's still plenty for them to play for. The same was kind of true for the Pelicans on Saturday. You know, they're they're right now on the outside looking in, but they're they're just trying to pile up wins and take care of what they can control, um, and, and see if they can work their way back into that playoff picture. But the Grizzlies are, are where the Pelicans want to be. You know, right now, like you said, they've got that nine seed, um, and even though you know the odds are good that they can hold off hold off a charge from the Pelicans, or if the Pelicans the Spurs spot or whatever, and it's a good, it's a good uh, likelihood that Memphis is going to be in that playing tournament two weeks from now, but uh, it's important, you know, to still try to climb your way. Certainly, we've, we've seen some fun, you know, maybe an un- unintended consequence of this playing tournament. We've seen some fun action between those teams, mm-hmm. the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and, and we're seeing teams that really want to try to just not have to deal with the playing tournament, and of course, it makes sense. If you can finish sixth or better, you guarantee yourself, you know, a seven-game series like you used to, whereas if you're seventh or eighth, especially ninth and tenth, but even seventh and eighth, your season could end pretty abruptly. So I, I wonder if, you know, fans who have kind of maybe just followed the Wolves this year or only casually followed the rest of the league, I'm, I'm guessing that they're going to kind of have to educate themselves quickly about this because, you know, Two weeks from this weekend is this play-in tournament, and I expect uh, those games to be pretty fun. The, the, the way it works is it's not the seven seed against the ten seed and the eight versus the nine. It, it's the nine and the ten playing each other first. The losers eliminated. The seven and the eight play each other first. 
and the, and the winner of that secures the seven seed. And then whoever wins the nine ten game will play the loser of the seven eight. And then those two teams, whoever emerges victorious from that, secures the eight seed. So essentially, if you, if you finish seventh and eighth, you give yourself a, a little more wiggle room, a little more margin for error. And those nine ten teams are you need to win. You need to win twice, or you're out. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, I, I'm personally excited for it. I know there's been a lot of discussion about. Is it good for the league? Is it bad for the league? You know, if, if LeBron and the Lakers and the Boston Celtics both end up eliminated via the play-in tournament, that's going to cost a lot of viewers. Mm-hmm. Who knows if it's a long-term sustainable thing? I, I just think it's it's fun for this year. You know, it, it gives teams added incentive, obviously, to keep playing right now. You think of some of these teams that would, would already be eliminated otherwise from the playoff picture. And, you know, just a little more uh, – for teams that have dealt with COVID and other injuries and such a strange season, I think it's been perfect for this year and should get some good basketball sort of a, as a appetizer, a precursor to the actual playoffs. Look at the standings. Uh, one, one quick question before we go. Uh, Timberwolves come to this game 20 and 45 for, for a long time. It seemed like they were going to pretty much be a lock for that top three pick. But looking at the bottom of the standings in both conferences, Houston has 16 wins. Detroit has 19 wins. Then the Wolves have 20 wins. They're the third uh, third from the bottom. And then you got Cleveland, one more win than the Wolves. Orlando, one more win than the Wolves. OK City, one more win than the Wolves. I, th- I think it's going to make uh, draft lottery night that more exciting, knowing the Wolves aren't exactly a shoe in for that top three pick. One hundred percent. There's still some, you know, some pretty important games to be played by some all those teams you just mentioned too, because separated by one or two games a lot could still change with you know six or seven games left on each of those teams schedules so yeah that that'll be something to watch that was kind of something that um you know as the wolves beat the warriors last week a lot of the golden state media was quick to point out man the warriors season is is threatening to bottom out here as they were kind of fighting for positioning in that playing spot and oh by the way you lose to the timberwolves who seems like all they can do is win and all they're doing is improving, uh, you know, in terms of their record improving. And, and then in the same same breath, they're hurting that Golden State Warriors pick that potentially would go to them. So uh, it, was, it was interesting to hear from that perspective because, yeah, if Minnesota doesn't finish top three, then the pick goes to Golden State. But all of a sudden they were, they were jumping the gun and worrying if that pick is going to drop to six or seven or eight. I don't know. It's there's a, there's just a lot to still be settled, which is kind of uh, it, it makes it frenetic down the stretch. Certainly over these final two weeks, but it'll also make it a kind of fun to follow. Wolves back in action tonight. Seven games left of the regular season, and we'll, you, can, you can catch one on KDLM tonight. Six three pregame show at seven o'clock tip off against the Memphis Grizzlies right here on KDLM. Cal Soderquist with the Wolves Radio Network, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, have a great rest of the week and go Wolves. You got it. All right, thanks. Steve. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet, dude. All right, thanks again to Cal Soderquist, our guest today on the KDLM Sports Wrap. If you missed any of the interview with Cal, you can go back and re-listen to it momentarily on demand at KDLMRadio.com. You can also check out the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Give us a subscribe and get updated every time a new episode is uploaded. Here's coming up tonight. Well, we got Twins Baseball on KDLM tonight, trying to overcome a pretty, uh, <laughs> uh, a, a, another trademark Twins loss last night. In extras, 6-3, to three, Lewis Thorpe 
is going to start tonight for the Minnesota Twins. Pre-game show at 6 o'clock. First pitch, 6.40 here on KDLM. The Wolves also in action tonight. Take it on the Memphis Grizzlies at 7 o'clock. And the Minnesota Wild take it on the Vegas Golden Knights as well. And a, a very fun spot for the Wild in the West Division right now. Four games, or excuse me, four points out of first place with five games to play. Vegas tonight, then two against the Ducks, and then two against the Blues next week. Vegas has 74 points. Colorado is two points behind them for the division lead with 72. And then the Wild have 70. And so playoff seeding, division winner, still very much up in the air. Uh, We should have a better picture of it tonight. Wild versus the Golden Knights. Wild with a a win tonight, the Wild will be two points out of first place in the West with with, with four to play. Love to see it. Wild hockey tonight, Wolves basketball tonight, Timberwolves baseball tonight. Find the full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. You're in tune to KDLM Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick CBS News break and then start those classic hits. This is KDLM.